Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians 3. Three words I'll bring up from time to time on this podcast are learn, worship, and apply. I think those are three good things as you read or study the Bible to ask yourself, what am I learning from this passage? Maybe this is more at an academic level. What information do I now know or understand better than I used to? Uh, But then also we ask, how can I worship God? What am I seeing about God and his character or what he has done uh, for which I should praise him right now or today? And finally, what can I apply? And this is where we want to get very practical. How do my actions or attitudes need to be different today uh, than they were yesterday? And I think sometimes we can naturally gravitate towards some of these. And I think for some people, you naturally gravitate towards the learn. Uh, Because the Bible is interesting, maybe some of us are uh, a little more academic by nature, and or you could just say nerdy, and so we like the information and the facts and the history and the learning. Some people maybe are drawn more towards the apply. Tell me what to do. You know what? What difference should this make in my life? And what I want us to see is all of these things are important. And you may be naturally drawn to one or the other, but we should seek to cultivate all of these things. But today in our reading, I think we'll see especially why worship is so important and almost how worship is a very important bridge from what we learn to what we apply. If in the midst of all that, we're not seeing the glory of God, we're missing it. And so I want to encourage you as you read God's word to not miss the glory of God because the glory of God is essential to your application and to how you will grow and be changed by the word of God. And we're going to see a glimpse of that in 2 Corinthians 3. Now, again, remember that 2 Corinthians is Paul writing to a church where there was more difficulty and to a church where there were people making accusations against Paul. Now, Paul is not there. So these people are taking advantage of that fact, even exploiting that fact and demeaning Paul. And so again, Paul defends himself in these opening verses by basically saying, you are our letters of recommendation. These people are attacking my credentials. You know, what letter of recommendation can I send to you to defend myself? You are. And he says in verse two, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And so one of the things we've emphasized going through second Corinthians is the pastoral heart of the Apostle Paul. And that's one of the reasons why I think 2 Corinthians is a particularly encouraging book for pastors, but I think there's something to learn for every Christian in that. Because caring about the souls of other people is not something that only pastors should do. That is really something every Christian should do as a part of the body. And I hope you see how Paul genuinely cares for 
other people. And I, I want that to prick your own heart and for you to even think about your own involvement. Who could you say that you're investing in? Who could you say, hey, there's my letter of recommendation because I've poured into that person or I've genuinely cared about that person. And even to remind us that there is activity necessarily involved in ministry. That's not a bad thing. Ministry is not going to happen without activity. But the activity is not the goal in and of itself. The people are the goal. The hearts of people and the work of the Spirit of the living God on those hearts. That's what we are after. That's what you should be after. And that's what you should care about. And that's where, again, you may say, that sounds too big for me. That sounds too intense for me. Well, thank God that it doesn't depend on you because the confidence, verse four, comes through Christ toward God. And verse five says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So there, the sufficiency comes from God. So invest in other people. Care about the souls of other people. And when that seems too big and too much for you, remember, it's not coming from you. It is a work, ultimately, that God will do. Now, the rest of the chapter begins to speak really of the superiority of the new covenant and the work of the spirit to the old covenant and the work of the law. And some helpful context for this, I think for you, would be to remember uh, the book of Romans and to remember the argument that we are saved by faith and not through works. And how we're reminded repeatedly throughout there that that the works of the law uh, cannot set us free. No one will be justified through the works of the law. Or even if you agree with my view on Romans 7, right, the law will ultimately keep you in bondage. There may be a willingness uh, to try to do the right thing, but you will still be trapped in your flesh. But what we want to see is freedom, and that is going to come through the Spirit, and that ultimately comes through this new covenant. Now, Paul is not trying to bash the old covenant because he even speaks of the glory that it had, how Moses had to cover his face. But he's saying this covenant is superior, and it it has surpassed the old covenant. Covenant. In verse 10, it says, Indeed, in this case, what once had glory, old covenant, has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. So now he's speaking of the new covenant, which Jesus Christ has inaugurated. He has come to fulfill the old covenant. So we don't need the sacrifices and the priests and the temple anymore because Christ has done something more permanent. Christ has done something of superior glory. And a lot of his ministry is to help people see that. We, We see Paul, even though he is the apostle to the Gentiles, his general practice when he goes into a new town is to start in the synagogue and to reason with the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. But that doesn't always go well. And he talks about how they have a veil over their hearts to this day when they read Moses, that they're reading the old covenant, but they can't see that it points to 
Christ. But then he says in verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It is only through the work of the spirit and really now the new covenant that we can truly find freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from that slavery, freedom from the fear of death that is going to come through the spirit and where the law could not transform our hearts. Now the Spirit will do that, and we'll see in verse 18, we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And even there, where it talks about being transformed from one degree of glory to another... That really is speaking of progressive sanctification, that as you grow as a Christian, you will be going from one degree of glory to another. But what's an essential component of that? Beholding the glory of the Lord. And so I just want to tell you very clearly, if you think the Christian life is only about learning and gaining more information and more facts, or if you think the Christian life is only about doing, and what do I need to change today? Without seeing the Christian life and the Bible is meant to show me the glory of God, you won't be living the Christian life like God intended it. And to be clear, learning is important. We need to know information. We need to know the right facts. We need to know the truth. Application is important. If God's word is not changing our lives, then what are we doing here? I'm just trying to say, don't forget that element of worship, that God's word. And especially now that we have the New Testament as well, which really shows us the purest expression of the character of God and the works of God in what Jesus Christ has done for us. For now, apart from the law, a righteousness of God has been revealed, Romans 3 says, that really through Jesus Christ. That has been revealed. Now we, in a more clear way than they had in the Old Covenant, have seen the glory of God. And we'll see that more in chapter 4. But I want you to make it a goal as you read. And again, even as you read the Old Testament, because now you understand how that points us to Christ better than they did. Since the Old Testament saints, they didn't have the specifics of of Jesus and his life and all of that. We get to look back and have that. So as you read the Bible, do not miss both in the Old Testament and the New, how it is showing you the glory of God. And as you behold the glory of God, that is a critical component to you being changed. So as you continue to read through the Bible, keep your eyes open and ask yourself the question, what is this showing me about God and his glory through his character, through his works, and especially through the good news of Jesus Christ? And as we behold God's glory together, we will be transformed from one degree of glory to another. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.